Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Miles Away. So today we are focusing on road tripping in the southwestern United States, specifically the Four Corners. So that includes Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado, kind of where those four states meet. And we have two very special guests with us. First, we have Lee Ebamonte, one of the world's most traveled people, I would say. I hope so. I've <laughs> certainly traveled a lot. <laughs> you've been, been to every country in the world, and, and then some, because you've revisited a handful of countries multiple times. Yeah, quite a few places. Been to uh, both the North and South Pole, been to every state in America and every national park in America as well. And you just finished that national park tour, was it last year? Yeah, last August, actually. And uh, then they went and added another national park, so I'm actually going next week to go to Indiana Dunes National Park. Oh, so where's where's Indiana Dunes? It's on the uh, shores of Lake Michigan in Indiana. It's about an hour and a half from Chicago. Very cool. All right. It's like those Starbucks uh, people that want to go to every Starbucks in the world. You just you, There's no way to keep up with it. Never. So ever. annoying. <laughs> so annoying. And, and that other voice we have is Melanie Lieberman, our, our travel editor at TPG. Hi, Thanks Zach. for joining us, Melanie. Thanks for having me back. And so you're, you're a bit of a, a road tripper as well, and a hiker and a climber. Yeah, I am all of those things, although I will say I'm super excited for this particular episode because I do most of my road tripping outside of the U.S. So I am excited to learn about some other options for me without having to buy an international plane ticket first. I am too. So Lee, what is a road trip exactly? What what makes a road trip a road trip? According to the dictionary of Lee, a road trip would be a journey in which you are driving with by yourself or with other people via road and you make multiple stops and there's no better place in the world to do a road trip than the United States. I've driven almost every damn highway in America and uh, it is just beautiful, especially out west. How many times have you done a road trip out west? Honestly, hundreds. And, I, and I'm not even exaggerating. I went to business school in Arizona and Arizona and California are the two most beautiful states in the country and just perfect for road tripping. And the other thing is it's no matter how many times you do it, like if you go to the Grand Canyon, like probably 10 times or something like that, it's always going to be different because the weather's different, the lighting is different, the experience is different, and there's always things that you miss along the way. So tell me a little bit about the Four Corners and you know our, our road trip of the day. I always say that uh, the most beautiful part of America is around Four Corners. So um, as you said before, it's a convergence of Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. And within that realm uh, within a few hours. I mean, first of all, you could drive about 100 miles an hour out there. So, you know, when I say a few hours, that could be like 300 miles. There's a ton to do. And just the the natural beauty, the uh, the color of the rocks, especially if you get towards sunset and you get that that amazing kind of purplish, bluey, pink, vanilla sky. It's just, there's no sky like it in the world. I would say Arizona has the most beautiful sunsets. And as you get closer to Four Corners, the sunsets just get amazing. The colors get amazing. The natural landscapes are incredible. And it's just something that really has to be seen. I always tell every American that they should road trip their own country before or at least at some point during their international travels as well. So do you do, you do these road trips in a car? Do you get a van? Do you get a camper, an RV? 
No, I just rent a car or uh, go with friends or whatever. I don't like camping and I don't like RVs. Do you have a type of car that you always rent? Is there something you prefer? I prefer uh, like SUVs, like good SUVs, because I find that they're just great for all types of roads. And sometimes on these road trips, especially in some of the more remote parks, the, the roads are not paved. So if you had like like a Prius or something like that, it might not be so good for off-roading. So I always rent through National. Uh, if you have an Amex Platinum card, you can get executive status. And then if you have executive status, you can then pick any car that they have pretty much on the lot. And so if you book a full-size car, you can grab an SUV. You know, they actually have infinity cars and you don't, you don't have to pay you know, to upgrade to, to an SUV. So that's good to know. I always struggle actually with rental cars. That's like the one thing I'm just not really involved with the, uh, the programs. Yeah, they're uh, not so. very exciting for the most part. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not like, you know, you, Oh, you get to stay in a park Hyatt or St. Regis or fly in business or first class. You know, there's nothing really all that sexy about rental car programs, but you know, that d- definitely a good, good, good tip with the Amex Platinum card for sure. Noted because rental cars are the one thing where I usually just take the cheapest option and then upgrade if I, if I can. Let's talk a little bit about, about an itinerary. So, like an ideal itinerary, where, where would you fly in to begin your trip and where would you fly out of and, and kind of what are the key stops along the way? Sure. I mean, if we're talking about the Southwest, I, I think that Las Vegas or Phoenix would be an ideal starting point. And let's go from Phoenix, right? So if you start in Phoenix, you could drive about two hours just up to Sedona, Arizona. And if you haven't been there, it's one of the, the best places to hike. And it has just great food and cute little shops and great sunsets and the whole thing. And then it's just another hour up to the Grand Canyon and you'll pass Flagstaff along the way, which is a cool little town. And then from there, you can go up and choose basically if you want to go up through Monument Valley or go around up to Page, Arizona, uh, where you can visit Horseshoe Bend and Antelope Canyon, which unless you've been under an Instagram stone, you could see everybody on earth posting about them in recent years. And then just across the river, basically from Page is Lake Powell in Utah. And Utah has some of the best parks in the world and Zion and Bryce and Canyonlands and Arches. It's just amazing. And then you can kind of mosey on over toward Four Corners and either end around Durango, Colorado, or just head up to Grand Junction, which is also beautiful. And you'll pass through a few more national parks and even go out to Denver if you want, which is a great town to end in. So maybe Phoenix via Utah out to uh, Grand Junction or Denver. Mm-hmm. And how many, how many days would it take you to do a trip like this? Well, I guess it depends how fast you drive um, <laughs> and, and how much uh, hiking you like to do. I, I mean, the Grand Canyon alone should take a couple days. I mean, whether you hike down into it, which I recommend, or do a rafting trip or do a helicopter. I mean, there's so much to see and do there. Flagstaff is worth checking out. Sedona is definitely worth a day or two. And Page has a ton to do. You can go into Lake Powell, which is just beautiful. They have the Glen Canyon National Recreation Area over there, which is one of the more beautiful waterways in America. I mean, it's just really incredible. And take aerial flights. And of course, there's two Antelope Canyons. There's lower and upper. And you have to make reservations. I mean, ideally, I'd say 10 days to two weeks to do something like that. But I mean, you could do it faster. It's really, if you drove a straight shot, it'd only be about 12 hours. So I mean, you could do it to your own speed. How much do you like to plan your road trips? You know, I think this is one thing where people really differ on. You can sort of pre-book everything and have your hotels all scheduled, or you can kind of wing it. What's your approach to that? I book my road trips the exact way I I book my regular trips. I buy the shelf flights. Using the example I just gave, I'd buy into Phoenix and out of Denver on a certain day, and then i just figure everything else out along the way. Like, for instance, in October, I literally just today bought a flight to Shanghai and then a flight out of Tokyo two weeks later, and I'm just going to figure it out in between. So that's exactly how I do it. Let's talk about seasonality because I, I actually I went to uh, to Phoenix. I've only been to Arizona once and it was for 24 hours years ago in September. I remember it was so, so hot. 
in September. And I'm like, you know what? I, I actually went for a hike in the Phoenix area, but it was it was brutal. So, I mean, would you recommend these hikes for the summer? What seasons makes the most sense? And, and I guess this even factors into the driving too, because I mean, cars perform better and, you know, more mild weather and things like that. If you did a hike in Phoenix in September, I'm assuming you did Camelback Mountain. That's and, exactly uh, right, yeah. If you do that, you got to leave at like 5.30 in the morning to I avoid did, the uh, heat. If you do it during <laughs> the middle of the day, you're basically a dead man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, obviously you want to avoid phoenix or like palm springs in the middle of the summer essentially but it does get a lot more comfortable as you go later on but as you go north in arizona remember flagstaff has skiing so it's at elevation they have mountains so it's pretty pleasant all year round and if you go a little bit further north the grand canyon if you go in the winter there'll be snow it's really amazing to see it in the winter versus the summer if you see it in the summer it's just that perfect kind of reddish pinkish brown that you see everywhere but if you go in the winter it's just beautiful and nobody goes up there and there'll be nobody else on the uh, south rim there with you. Which time of year would you pick for your you know, very first southwestern road trip? If I've never been before, I would say maybe go around October, November because then you'll be comfortable and you'll see kind of that red that's so beautiful and, and really that's what everybody should see but then at the same time if you've done it before, it's kind of like golf. You could do the same thing twice and it's always different. That's how road trips are too, especially if you go at different times of year. Also, don't they close some of the access roads during the winter one of the rims i think is pretty inaccessible yeah sometimes they do close so you have to check their websites usually pretty good with which ones are closed or if you don't check ahead of time they'll tell you at the ranger station like when you enter the park you'll also see i mean they just literally close the roads but the grand canyon especially the south rim is very well touristed and uh, they do a pretty good job keeping those roads open okay and even in the winter is it safe to go i mean are there people around all the time are there just as many rangers yeah the the south rim especially because so many tourists go there it's very safe if you go in the winter there'll be less people but there's still also always national park police and rangers around so you never feel alone even if you might not be around like a ton of people like you would be in the summer so i want to talk a little bit about cost you know a lot of the destinations that that we talk about here on miles away or you know we've got cities and and resort destinations things like that so you've you know a lot of expenses potentially uh this you know, once you have your rental car, you're driving around, you're kind of exploring the wilderness. But there are some costs associated with it and, and some preparation that you need to do in advance, right? Can you kind of walk us through, you know, what, what passes do you need? You know, how, how do you go about getting permits if that's something you need as well? Sure. There's definitely costs involved, obviously. I mean, you're spending, let's say you spend two weeks. First of all, you got to rent a car for two weeks. And you guys know that if you rent in one place and then drop off in another place, you have to pay the uh, drop-off destination fee, which can be expensive. So shop around a little bit. The more you look, the better deals you can usually find. And then, of course, if you can find some discount codes, not that I would recommend Googling stuff uh, that you're not a part of, but that's definitely definitely a possibility. And you could save hundreds of dollars, literally. But uh, with regards to permits, you mentioned get a National Parks Pass. They're like $80 for the entire year. And then you don't have to pay entry into any National Park Service site. So that includes national parks, national monuments, national recreation areas. So everything that I mentioned before would be included in that. And costs for hotels, obviously, can add up. So just plan accordingly. Google where you think you're going to be staying and check out what's available. There's a lot of points hotels out there. Accor has a lot of hotels. Obviously, Marriott. I, I stayed a lot of Spring Hill suites and courtyards now that Marriott and Starwood are merged. And generally, they don't cost that much. They could be like 60 to to $100. So you have to weigh the actual cost of the hotel versus how much points it is, just like you would anywhere else. But it's shocking how much money you can actually save and how inexpensively you can stay in decent places. I mean, obviously, 
actually, depending on your budget, they also have Super 8s and Motel 6s and things like that, Extended Stay America, that type of deal. I mean, I've honestly never stayed in those places, but I, obviously there's a million of them and people do it. Who would you say you know, a trip like this is for? Would, is this something that you would do with young kids, with you know, family? Would you do this as a, a couple, uh, a solo trip? I mean, I'm sure there's very various levels of expertise required depending on the hiking that you want to do and maybe some climbing, things like that. Sure. I've done road trips all different kinds of ways with different types of people and it really depends on the type of trip you want to do first of all i wish my parents took me out west to do a road trip like this as a kid i would have been like a pig in shit honestly i would have been um because all the hiking you can do it was just so much fun and i'm 40 years old and i love it i still run and jump and climb everything i could possibly see so if i was like eight years old it just would have been heaven for me so if i was to have kids i would be sure to do that but also i do it with friends because it's great for hiking and sightseeing or you could do as a couple because there's lots of awesome things you can do. Places like Sedona have some of these like intimate, awesome, you know, boutique luxury places. Horseshoe Bend and these types of places are just great. And um, so if you're a guy or a girl, I mean, and you like nature, there's no limit to who should be able to do it. The one thing that comes to mind for me is that I, I love the idea of doing this, a lot of these things as a solo trip, but I hate solo road trips because I really love having that other person in the car when you are too tired you know it's nice to be able to to trade on and off and uh, especially with the hiking out there if you're an unfamiliar terrain it's for me I feel like this is one of those trips that I would feel better having at least one other person in the car to you know (laughs) keep you on track yeah I'm glad you brought that up because I've done a lot solo road trips out in the west just last summer right when I was trying to finish going to all the national parks I flew into Denver landed at like eight in the morning or something like got in the car drove to Rocky Mountain National Park got caught in a blizzard and this was in June by the way got out did some hiking and then I drove up to uh, South Dakota, like where Mount Rushmore is over there. And then I spent the night there, went to um, Wind Cave National Park. And then from there, I drove six hours up to Theodore Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota, hiked around for like six hours, and then drove all the way back to South Dakota. So that was like 14 hours of driving by myself in one day, plus hours of hiking. And you know what? It it didn't really bother me, but I'm kind of like that. And I also drive fast. So and listen to music loud. You can sing and and do whatever. And you see all these weird things along the road. So it really depends on the person. I mean, I would rather be by myself than be with somebody who I didn't want to be with because you're in the car with them. (laughs) You're in the car with them for a long time. Okay, so travel with people you like. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How do you stay entertained on you know on these long drives? Is it just just like stopping constantly to look at scenery? Do you listen to podcasts? I mean, I know you mentioned blasting music. Do you have like playlists that you make? Yeah. So what I do basically is obviously you have to set goals. So if you're going to, let's say your destination is six hours away, you set intermittent goals. So there's, if you look at a map, there's always going to be something like worth checking out. Even if it's just like some little old Western town that you've never heard of, or or even just like a gas station, that's your goal. So you set little goals. So then you always have something to look forward to because you know, you have like 500 miles to drive, but in 150 miles, there's something. I also love satellite radio. So, I mean, I'm a huge sports fan, so I could listen to ESPN or Mad Dog Radio like all day and just listen to the commentary and to me that's really entertaining especially when it's national so it's different than just hearing new york sports radio like you do here so and of course music but um always look on the map and see what's there because you'll be surprised like what you come across and then always leave some flexibility for the things you pass like these roadside attractions like the prada and marfa or, or something like that because you might not know it's there like a, a skunk zoo or something like what's the most random thing that you've encountered you know on the road there's some like really weird stuff i, I think i passed 
last I don't remember what town it was. It was somewhere in like California or Nevada, something like that. The like world's largest thermometer <laughs> or, or something really stupid. Oh, and I passed this jerky shop, right? And I, and I like beef jerky, so I went in and their sign on the the outside of the of the, uh, the little house where they sell jerky was, if it bleeds, you can jerk it. <laughs> so I was like, I had to go in there, and uh, yeah, you, you just run into weird stuff like that. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to dig into some uh, somewhat limited points and miles option for your road trip throughout the Southwest. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Lee, have you, have you ever uh, slept in your car on the road? Or, or you know, is it, is it always looking for hotels, campsites? Well, I've definitely slept in the car, never necessarily by choice. It's usually out of necessity. For instance, uh, last, I think it was two years ago, I was going to uh, North Cascades National Park, which is in northern Washington State. And I landed in Seattle at like midnight. And then I had this great idea to uh, just rent the car and then just drive up there and get there right at sunset. And I figured I'd just get a uh, hotel. And of course, the little town on the edge of the national park that no one's ever heard of anyway had no hotels they had a post office and a police station which was the same thing and i just ended up <laughs> sleeping in my crap all government workers crappy <laughs> rental car right there uh, there was a phone to like call if you needed assistance i called like a thousand times no one answered so i was like screwed i'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but for, for Four Corners, you have you know quite a few options in that area, especially you know as you're driving throughout the Southwest. If you're planning it out correctly, I'm I'm sure you can you know find a, a decent hotel to stay in each night. The rates probably vary considerably from you know one season to the next, but there's quite a few points options as well. Uh, so you'd mentioned Marriott before, but especially now with Marriott being as big as it is, uh, between Marriott, Hilton, Hyatt, you know there's there's plenty of options throughout your trip. Yeah, there's definitely options, and and like we were mentioning, cash rates usually aren't that bad, and obviously it depends on your budget. But if you know. 50 to $80 is affordable. You could always find something to stay in that range generally. Any type of little roadside town will have a Motel 6, a Super 8, usually like a Hampton Inn, Spring Hill Suites, that type of thing. And then just some random hotels like Tater's Motel, you know, just like something random that like you've never heard of before. What's your go-to chain hotel, you know, for, for some of these road trips where, I mean, you see some of the same brands, you know, t- from one town to the next. Well, I'm still anti the Marriott Starwood acquisition, but be- it is what it is and I can't change it, so I generally stay in either uh, Spring Hill, a Courtyard, Fairfield Inn, or one of the Marriott properties, if possible. And if not, I'll usually go for like a Hilton property, so like a Garden Inn or the Hampton or, you know, something like Hampton's another one that you see everywhere um, in places like you'd never expect, like Amarillo, Texas, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So there's always options. And of course, again, Motel 6, Extended Stay America. I mean, those places can be like nineteen ninety nine a night. I mean, it's crazy. Wow, really? Free HBO too, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for the internet. <laughs> 
No, I mean, I, I, I think for me, I've been saving up my Hilton points for, you know, Conrad, maybe going back to the Conrad Maldives, things like that. But you can get a lot of value at some of these smaller, you know, roadside hotels. I mean, they're they're available for pretty reasonable numbers of points. Yeah, I agree. And uh, in, in the Marriott ones that I deal with the most, I mean, you can get a lot of times like category two and three hotels for really cheap amounts of points. And uh, I always convert everything back to what they were with Starwood. And then you really feel like you're getting a deal uh, if you divide it by three. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good strategy. Strategy, Lee. I appreciate that. <laughs> so let's let's assume that you're getting most of your hotels on points potentially. What what kind of expenses you know are, are you looking at for a trip like this? Can you kind of walk us through maybe a rough budget? Sure. Again, the the biggest expense will be obviously the flights that, there and back, and of course the rental car with the destination drop off fee, and. You can't underestimate how much gas costs, especially kind of in the middle of nowhere places, because even if it's like, let's say $2 here in the metro area, out in the middle of nowhere in Nevada, it could be like 5 or $6, like legitimately. And and you also have to take in mind that sometimes the gas station you see, even if you have a half a tank, you might not see another gas station for like two hours. So I always tell people, if you have the opportunity to fill up, just do it because you don't want to be in that situation where you run out of gas, because trust me, it's happened to me at least three or four times, and it's fucking nightmare <laughs> what do you do in that situation do uh, you have triple a uh yes if you if you have phone service but if you don't then you have to like run out in the middle of the highway like a madman like flagging people down which i've literally had to do before and it's just literally not fun because let's say they pick you up right and then you still got to get back to your car with like a watering can of gas basically to like pour into your into your car it's like crazy i've i've never had to do that but it's it's probably one of my worst nightmares so. yeah it sucked <laughs> i'm just it's bringing back memories of yosemite because when i was in yosemite last year they have there's like one gas station in the park and it's not in a convenient area at all and you do so much driving and so you really need to plan it out if you don't have a full tank at the very last station before going into some of these parks i mean you you could end up getting stranded or having to spend a small fortune to you know to fill up your car yeah and gas stations in national parks always jack up the prices like a dollar or two per gallon but yeah, you always fill up. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but just pay it because it's much better than getting stuck. Trust me. So what? What about food? Do you you know are you are you eating MREs or like what? Are you, what's just <laughs> restaurants? You know. <laughs> I mean, I, I might be the only like person in America who loves Denny's, but I eat a lot of Denny's, and because uh, they're there. You're uh, you're obviously not the only person in America that loves Denny's. You're the only person I know that loves Denny's. But you know, there's always like restaurants, and then there's tons of roadside places to stop, get a lot of junk food. Now, eating healthy on road trips is a whole other thing. You almost have to be in a uh, a real city to get any type of options aside from like Doritos um, at like a gas station or some disgusting like gas station pizza or like muffin or something but there are options you just kind of got to plan ahead and of course you can always bring food oh the other thing that they always have is subway subway's everywhere and I, I eat a lot of subway and you can get healthy options there we were talking earlier about like what is the definition of a road trip and for me I, I think a huge part of it is actually the arsenal of snacks that you keep in the back because that is always my job on the road trip preparing the snacks and I think that is just such a part of being out on the road and eating things that you would never let yourself eat back home. I think that's a lot of what's so fun about it. Yeah, there's definitely things you eat on a road trip because there's not really many options that you wouldn't yeah. normally eat at home. So you're, you're obviously you're flying into usually a major city. And so there's probably a Walmart or at least a grocery store. Or do you do you stock up on a whole bunch of stuff and just kind of load up the car with snacks and things like that? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what you do. I mean, 
any like two or three hours, even if it's not a major city, there'll be a place where, you know, it's a population center where people are and they'll have like, you know, even if it's like a Piggly Wiggly or something like what, that. Like or what is, what is have. a Piggly Wiggly? Piggly Wiggly is a lovely supermarket um, that's synonymous with the South. And if you go in there, it's fun to say Piggly Wiggly, but they have everything that we have up here. <laughs> <laughs> and then any other expenses you should keep in mind? I mean, what clothing you need to buy special clothes, some hiking boots, things like that. I mean, I just I, I mean, I have the clothes. So, I mean, I just bring it. I just have some options because if you're hiking, you're going to be sweating and there's nothing worse than like sitting in your own sweat, sitting in a car for six hours if it's a thousand degrees out. So, you know, just plan accordingly. The one last thing that I want to, we're almost out of time, but I want to touch on kind of your mindset going into a trip like this. I mean, if you're, if you're used to being a luxury traveler, obviously we have a lot of readers and listeners that, you know, prefer to fly business in first class and stay in the Four Seasons and Amman hotels or whatever it may be. Is, is this a trip that you're going to be able to easily prepare yourself for or should you, you know, have different expectations? going into it. I'm glad you asked that. And I happen to be one of those people who enjoy those things you just said. But at the same time, I also like adventure stuff and roughing it and don't mind it. It's all about mindset. That's the perfect word for it. You realize what you're getting yourself into. You accept it and you look at the adventure side of it, not the like the gross Motel 6 or Denny's. So you just have to realize what you're doing, where you're going. And that's part of the adventure. And that's travel to me is being able to adapt. And I always say uh, to be a real traveler, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And a lot of times on road trips, you're going to get exactly that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lee. How can people follow along with your uh, various adventures all around the world? Thanks, as always, for having me. And they can follow me at leeabamonte.com or on any social media at leeabamonte. And Melanie, how about you? You can follow me anywhere at Melanie Taren. Uh, you can find me that way on Instagram and Twitter and various other social outlets. Well, safe travels. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thanks. for having me. That's it for this episode of Miles Away. Thanks again to Lee Evamonte and Melanie Lieberman. Again, I am your host, Zach Honig. This episode was produced by Margaret Kelly and Caroline Chagrin. Our theme music is by Alex Schiff. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.